0: Well, good morning again and welcome to our online service here at First Baptist Soakers. I hope you're having a good morning. And uh, our welcome and call to worship is going to come from Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, we'll begin reading in verse 4. And as you're turning there, just two quick announcements. One is in regards to the We Care, where we're working together with other churches to support local restaurants. Uh, this coming week, we're going to be focusing on Plazuelas, which is the Mexican food restaurant in the Rayleigh Shopping Center, right next to Mianettes. So uh, make sure you get your fix of Mexican food this week. Uh, yesterday or, or Friday, we went to um, we went to Pete's to support them, and they said that they were getting a lot of business from all the different churches. So we are making an impact. It's incredible, isn't it? Uh, especially for us Baptists. We like to eat, right? And uh, how important that is, how wonderful that is that we can make an impact simply just by eating. Uh, but let's let's continue to, to bless those in our community. And um, one other announcement is that this Thursday is the National Day of Prayer and the other churches that we're working with in regards to supporting these local restaurants, what we're going to be doing is having a special day of prayer with them, a special time of prayer Uh, Me and a couple of the other pastors who are are doing this are going to meet together and have a live stream, sort of, not quite a service, but a time of prayer in which we're going to pray for certain aspects, various aspects of our community. So we'll have more information about that to come, and we can post the link to that on our website or email it out to you. Um, And so with that in mind, also what we're seeking to do is, in our services, be praying for these other churches in the area. So... We'll pray for one or two other churches in the Oakers area over the next couple of weeks. So, with that in mind, let's turn our attention to God's Word. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. The Word of God says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. Let your reasonableness reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Well, let's go ahead and let's pray. Holy Father, we come before you now. And Lord, we thank you that because of what your Son, Jesus Christ, has done for us by laying down his life, dying on the cross for us and rising from the dead, that we can truly rejoice in any and every circumstance. God, we thank you that because of the gospel, that we can approach you through prayer, that because of what Jesus has done for us, that you hear our prayers and our supplications. So, Lord, we ask now that you would uh, continue to work in this community here, in Oakhurst and the surrounding areas. Father, that you would help us to continue to be a blessing to those around us. Lord, we we do pray for these other churches that we are working for. In particular today, God, we pray for Oakhurst Lutheran, that you would bless their their pastor and bless the ministry that they have going on there. Lord, we also pray for uh, Sierra Pines Church and for Pastor Mike there, that you would bless him in the, the preaching and teaching of your word and the shepherding of the people there. And Lord, we ask that We would, as churches, make an impact in this community for the spread of the gospel so that those who don't know Jesus would come to know him. Again, God, we thank you that because of Jesus, we have reason to rejoice, even in the midst of the circumstance we find ourselves in today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Psalm 63, Psalm 63, we'll we'll read the whole verse and then we'll pick up focusing where we left off last week in verse 5, Psalm 63, verse 1, it reads, A Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah, O God, you are my God. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals, but the king Shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. Let's pray. Father, we come before you now, and we thank you that because of Jesus Christ, we can say that you are our God. Father, may we truly earnestly desire you. May we truly delight in you, and may we see that you are our defender, that you are our help, and that you are our. Lord God, I ask that you would be glorified now through the teaching of your word so that every heart might confess that Christ is Lord. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. What is the chief end of man? So asked the first question of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. If you don't know what a catechism is, basically it's a teaching document that the church would use in a question and answer format. So a question would be asked and then an answer would be given, summarized from scripture. So one of the most uh, important catechisms throughout the history of the church is the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And the very first question that starts off that teaching document is what is the chief end of man? Well, the answer to that question in that catechism is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. To glorify God, meaning to live for him, to live for his praise in everything that we are to do. And enjoy him forever. Enjoy God. Friends, do you enjoy God? Or is your relationship with God just sort of a spiritual glaze in your life? It's just sort of the finishing touches of of, of your life. a Sort of a lip service to God. Just surface level. Or do you genuinely enjoy Him? Do you delight in Him like David does here in this psalm? Last week we saw how this psalm is humbling. It's humbling because we don't often desire God. We don't often delight in God the way that David is describing here. Why? That's why it's humbling. Because we must be brutally honest with ourselves if whether or not we truly desire and delight in God. Whether we delight in the blessings and the gifts that he gives us more than we delight in Friend, do you delight in your life, the gifts and the blessings that you have in life, more than you delight in the giver of life? Uh, last Sunday was my birthday, and I got gifts. I love getting gifts. Who doesn't love to get gifts? And one of the reasons that I love getting those gifts is, uh, one of the reasons why I was so happy to receive those gifts is my family took time out, and they spent money on something I enjoy, such as a new coffee maker or a leash for our puppy. And I am thankful for them doing that. But, but how easy it is in our lives to delight in the gifts we receive from God or receive from others uh, more than we delight in those who give them to us. Uh, maybe you delight in the gifts that you receive from God, such as health, or food, a job, a house, how easy it is to delight in those items more than truly delighting in God. So this psalm is humbling because we must ask ourselves that question. Do we truly enjoy God? Do we enjoy the things that He has blessed us? But friends, this psalm is also encouraging, as we saw last week. Encouraging because it says in verse three, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you through God's steadfast love. Ultimately, in the gospel, we can truly desire God. We can truly delight in him through the cross. He is our defender. So last week we saw how God is our God. Remember how he starts off this this psalm here. Oh, God, you are my God. So we saw that God is our God. We saw as well that he is our desire. So if we were to to break down this psalm, we would see that verses 1 through 4 could be described as God, my God, my desire. Verses 1 through 4, God, my God, my desire. Verses 5 through 8, we could then say, as we're going to look at today, God, my God, my delight. In verses 9 through 11, God, my God, my Defender. Remember how David spoke of God as his God. Oh God, you are my God. Friends, we can have a personal relationship with our Creator through faith in Jesus. By repenting of our sins and trusting in Jesus, we are able to say, like David does at the foundation of this psalm, the very first verse we can say oh god you are my god and it's not just that god is meant to be our god we saw as well last week that he is to be our desire earnestly i seek my soul thirsts for you my flesh faints for you so we saw how god was his desire Today, as we look at verses 5 through 8, we're going to see that God, my God, my delight. We're going to see how God is our delight. And as we as we enter into this text, remember, David's on the run for his life. He's in the wilderness. He, he's being pursued by his enemies, likely during the time of the rebellion of his son Absalom. He's cut off from the sanctuary. He's on the run, yet David is saying that his greatest desire, his greatest delight is not food, it's not protection, it's not water. No, it is God himself. And so, verse five, my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. So there he is in the wilderness. He's cut off from his throne. Needing water, needing food, needing protection. Yet instead of complaining about not having those, he is saying that his soul is going to be satisfied. His soul is satisfied in God. In other words, he is delighting in the Lord. David, remember in verse 3, he's been thinking about God's steadfast love, his covenantal love, his unbreakable love. And he says, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. And friends, can we say the same? Can you say the same? Can you say that God's love is truly better than life? And he goes on and he declares that as long as he lives, he is going to continue to bless the Lord, continue to praise the Lord. And that praise, that blessing of God that we see in verse 4, verse 5 now shows us the result of that praise and that blessing of the Lord. He is saying that my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. That phrase there, the fat and rich food, is a phrase that, that 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 calls to mind the sort of feasting that would take place in the Old Testament festivals before the Lord. He's saying, I will be satisfied here, as if I were feasting before the Lord, as, as if I were partaking in these festivals, celebrating God's provision, celebrating God's salvation. He's saying, I will be satisfied in God alone. Friends, have you ever had a meal that was so good that you are satisfied? As I mentioned, last week was my birthday. Well, my birthday meal every year is chow mein, double pan fried noodles. Megan makes me for that, makes that for me every single year. And I'm able to eat so much of that, that I am so satisfied, but I don't feel full, but neither am I hungry. Have you ever had that experience where you ate a meal that is so good, and you don't feel full anymore, but nor are you hungry? Well, that, that's similar to what what David is is saying here. He's saying that his desire for God, that his delight in God, has led him to be satisfied. He is filled, and it leads him to praise God with joyful lips. And then verse 6, we see, When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. So so what he's doing is he is on his bed. He's remembering back on what God has done. He's meditating on, thinking on who God is. He is satisfied in God. Verse 7. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. In other words, what David is doing in verses 5 through 7 is he's thinking back on what God has done, thinking back on how God has been his help, his delight, and that he is ultimately satisfied in God. In other words, he is enjoying God. He's delighting in God, even on the run in the wilderness. Even while he's not able to sleep. Sleepless nights, possibly full of fear. Who has not experienced such a night? David likely is up at night, wondering and thinking about how he is going to protect those who are following him. Possibly thinking about at any moment there might be someone who breaks through the guards and takes his own life. But what he's ultimately doing here is he is putting his sleeplessness to a different use. Instead of worrying, he's ultimately singing praises to God. He is thinking about God who alone fully satisfies. So friend, is God your delight? Seriously, consider that for a moment. Is God your delight? Do you delight in him? Do you enjoy him? Do you treasure him above everything else? So how do we delight in God? Or we'd ask, what does it mean to delight in God? How do we delight in? Well, there's a number of ways, but but I want to give you three ways in which we can delight in God. First of all, we delight in God by delighting in our personal relationship with God. So one of the ways we delight in God is we delight in our personal relationship with God. Friends, God is a person, a real personable being. So delight in him. You can have a genuine relationship with him. God is not some mystical force. He's not some abstract thought or some concept. He is a real, personable being, and we are called to delight in him. Jesus has made God known. If we were to survey Scripture, we were to see we were to see all of these calls to delight in him. Delight in His person, in the fact that that we can have a genuine relationship with Him. Philippians four, verse four says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Psalm sixteen, verse eleven says, "In your presence there is fullness of joy." Psalm forty-two, verses one and two says, "As a deer pants for water, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the." Living God. Romans 5 verse 11 says we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation. Friends, God is a person and we are to delight in him. Recognize that. Realize that. You're not delighting in some thought. You are delighting in a person. And so do you know him? Do you desire? Him. Do you delight in him? John Piper put it this way. If God is your gold, he will be your gladness. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If God is your treasure, he will be your pleasure. In other words, we could say if God is your desire, as we've seen here, God will be your delight. So, first of all, delight in God, in your personal relationship with him. But also delight in his salvation. As David says here in verse 7, he says, for you have been my help. Friends, where has God been your help? All throughout our lives, there are countless ways in which, seen and unseen ways, in which God has been our help. Ultimately, God has been our help through the death and resurrection of Jesus, where at the cross, Christ bore the wrath of God, the judgment that we deserve because we are sinners, because Jesus Rose from the dead. If we place our faith in Him, then we are saved and God is our help. And so delight in that fact. Delight in the fact that Christ Jesus came to save sinners and, and praise God for His grace in your life through Jesus Christ. Friends, when you see how God has been your help, when you see that He gave His one and only Son for your salvation, how can you not praise Him and delight in Him for what He has done? How can we not sing with joyful lips that God is our help? You see, friends, on our own, we are sinners with no hope of eternal life. But God, full of mercy and grace, or as we saw in Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. So delight in His salvation the light in the eternal hope that you have because Jesus laid down His life for you. If you have not called out to Christ, then do so today. If you have not called out to Christ as your only hope for salvation, then do so today. If you have not placed your faith in Him as your only hope for salvation, do so today. Turn from your sins and trust in Jesus. When you do that, then you can say like David, my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you. For you have been my help. Also, friends, a third way we can delight in God is delight in his gifts he has blessed you with. We delight in God. We enjoy God by enjoying and delighting in His gifts. Wait a minute. I thought you just said something about, about delighting in His gifts as opposed to delighting in God. Yes, I, I did. But you can delight in the gifts that God gives you in a way that is ultimately delighting in God Himself. Friends, it is not a bad thing to be thankful for life. It's not a bad thing to be thankful for a job, for be thankful for being thankful for an income that you might have, for your health. It's not a bad thing to be thankful for those. All throughout our day, friends, that every good thing that gives us pleasure should be an opportunity to rejoice and delight in God's kindness towards us. Friends, whether it's something as simple as a cup of coffee, a piece of tri-tip, or the blessing of family, the blessing of health, or a new puppy, or whether it's the beauty of looking at trees, or the wind sweeping through the green grass, whatever it might be, may you see it as a gift to delight in God. Yes, there's a way to delight in gifts that ultimately takes away from God. But we should see the gifts that we are given throughout the day, every single day. As an opportunity to praise and delight in our God. So we delight in God, delighting in our personal relationship with Him, delighting in the salvation we have because of Jesus Christ, and delighting in the gifts, seeing those gifts as coming from the hand of God. Verse 8 says, My soul clings to you. And your right hand upholds me. soul clings, literally holds fast. And do you hold fast to God? Or do you hold fast to the things of this world? Believer, know this. That if you cling to God, if you hold fast to God, then you will find that His right hand upholds you through whatever circumstance you find yourself. So what is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Or we could say, in accordance with Psalm 63, to praise Him, to desire Him, and to delight in Him. Do you delight in Him? Do you enjoy Him? Reflect back. On what God has done for you. Ultimately through the gospel. Reflect back. On how God has been your help. Pray as well friend. That that God would teach you delight in him this way. Do that today. Take a moment out of your day. To reflect back on how God has been your help. And how you can delight in him. For your relationship with him. For the salvation he has provided through Christ and through the many gifts and blessings he has bestowed upon you. Reflect back on that today. Be reminded of God's goodness to you. And then you will be able to say that because of what Jesus has done for us, because of his steadfast love as seen at the cross and the resurrection, then you will be able to say like David, my soul will be satisfied as with fat And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are our help, that you are our deliverer. And may you also be our delight. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close by singing He will. Hold Me Fast, and we've got our little choir here to help again this week. Father, we come before you now, and God, we thank you that you hold us fast. I pray that you would bless this week that we have in front of us and help us to be a blessing to those around us. We thank you for the love that you have shown us through Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.